Welcome to another week of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. Uh, this week's study is Doctrine and Covenants, section 111 through 114. This is another one, another one of those weeks when uh, just my life and things, conference and all that, um, was going on. And so I'm just going to do one episode uh, covering these, uh, these sections. So... Um, I hope you enjoyed conference. Uh, awesome. There were some amazing talks. Um, typically, you know, on average, I guess, I don't know, as a whole, um, my three favorite uh, of the Quorum of the Twelve to listen to are uh, President Oaks, Elder Holland, and Elder Christofferson. Saturday morning session, all three of, of them spoke. So that was like star-studded, hard-hitting for me. Um, just it be, just in terms of my favorites, um, and I, as always, enjoyed their talks. Um, Elder Renlund's talk was awesome. Uh, I really liked Elder Sekahema's uh, address as well. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about conference. Um, just trying to uh, you know stay focused on come follow me, but it's conference. It's awesome, right? So if you know if you didn't have a chance to listen to all of the sessions, you know hopefully you'll be able to do that in the coming days and weeks um, through the app or online. Um, hopefully you're able to read them again or, or whatever you choose to do. Um, but they're just as as you study, come follow me with questions in mind for your life, and you receive answers. As you have questions in mind and you listen to these addresses from conference, you will receive answers um, from the Lord. So <clears throat> there's this spiritual high, right, like of, from conference. And every six months we get to experience it and if, if we come ready and prepared. Um, and the saints it had experienced a similar thing where... They had just dedicated the Kirtland Temple and they, all of the outpouring of the Spirit that accompanied that that we discussed briefly in the last um, couple of weeks. And so there's this spiritual high. And Come Follow Me says, Have you ever had a spiritual experience that made you feel confident and secure in your faith? But then life's afflictions tried your faith and you found yourself struggling to recover the peace you felt before. Something similar happened to the saints in Kirtland. Less than a year after the spiritual outpouring connected to the dedication of the Kirtland Temple, trouble arose, financial crisis, discord among the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and other trials caused some to waver in their faith. I think it's interesting that this is the section that we're, the, the sections that we're studying right after conference, because conference comes with such a spiritual high, where we, where we, um, many people, you know, will. Uh, vowed to improve and uh, re-engage in the repentance process and learn things from the Lord that they needed to know about themselves and ways that they can come closer to, to the Savior. And we feel this surety of our faith even. Well, trials do come. And Come Follow Me continues and says, We can't avoid trials, so how can we keep them from threatening our faith and testimony? Maybe part of the answer can be found in the Lord's Council in Doctrine and Covenants 112. Given while adversity in Kirtland was swelling, the Lord said, Purify your hearts before me, rebel not, gird up thy loins for work, and be thou humble. As we follow this counsel, the Lord will lead us by the hand through adversity and into healing and peace. And so, um, before we get to section 112, 
and those verses that were just discussed even. Section 111 is given in 1836. Something to notice is that uh, Section 111 is 1836. By the end of this week's study, Section 114, we're into 1838. And I mentioned a few weeks ago that time starts flying through here quite a bit. Um, There's more time in between the sections. Um, So just keep that in mind because what that means is as more time passes by, there's more historical context. There's more things that have transpired. Um, So Section 111... The church is in significant debt and uh, partially caused by them obeying the Lord to build the temple uh, in Kirtland. And the Lord says, Concern not yourselves about your debts, for I will give you power to pay them. Section 104, the Lord said, Don't get into debt. <clears throat> uh, previous sections, he had said, Don't get into debt. But here he says, Look, I, in verse 1, I see your follies. You've made some mistakes. I think it's important to note that, uh, and uh, uh, close to 30 years ago, Elder, o- Elder Oaks, then Elder Oaks, gave um, a talk where he discussed the difference between sins and mistakes. And some things aren't sins, they're just mistakes. And I think here the Lord is saying, Look, you guys have made some mistakes, not necessarily sins. I see them, it's okay. You've been obedient, you've built the temple because you were obedient. I will give you power to pay them. Now, this didn't happen for Im- immediately. Um, <clears throat> even in next week's study, we're going to just we'll, we'll learn about the, the saints leaving Kirtland. Uh, someone's asked to stay behind to kind of settle the church's uh, financial uh, situation, which included collecting on debts and even the debts that they were owed, they were not able to really collect on. And so, <clears throat> there is this process of the Lord fulfilling this promise. But look at the church now. Look at the church's financial situation now and what we're able to do with the, the, the funds that we have. Not only do we have enough to, to, to sustain the church and build new buildings and new temples, but we have enough to help go listen to conference. And they said, how many how many natural disasters in the last year did the church respond to? Um, how much of uh, COVID relief? <clears throat> because we have those funds, because the Lord has given us power to pay these debts. And then, um, in verse 12, 11, the Lord says, I will order all things for your good as fast as you're able to receive them. All things can be for our benefit. The things that we go through, the Lord can consecrate for our gain. Second Nephi chapter 2, verse 2, um, says something similar to that as well. But... Um, we receive them as fast as we are able to receive them, which means it takes us being refined, it takes us being prepared, it takes us being humble. As we go into section 112, the Lord says, Be thou humble, and the Lord thy God shall lead thee by the hand and give the answer to thy prayers. It takes that humility first. It takes us being uh, able to receive those blessings. It takes us uh, you know, asking the right questions at times of not only being willing to learn, but asking the right questions of what should we be learning. Um, in section uh, section one twelve, excuse me, Lord speaking to Thomas B. Marsh, and um, he's discussing um, some concerns that uh, brother or elder Marsh had at this time. 
he was the president of the Quorum of the Twelve. Joseph had sent missionaries abroad um, without discussing with uh, Thomas, and so he had felt a little jaded. Um, that he felt like he should have been consulted. And so the Lord is kind of addressing that. Um, and how do we how do we withstand these trials as, as discussed in the in the opening and in, in the opening of Come Follow Me this week? I think there are some things that stand out. Uh, I've already discussed, you know, being humble, being prepared, but also, therefore, gird up thy loins for the work. Uh, let thy feet be shod also, for thou art chosen, and thy path lieth among the mountains and among many nations. It's going to take. It takes work. It takes getting up every day, putting on the armor of God, and being prepared for work. That's how we face the trials. We can't hide from them. We can't run from them. In fact, if we read in Ephesians chapter 6 uh, about the armor of God uh, and, and in a couple of other places in the Doctrine and Covenants as well, section 29, um, where the Lord lists what the, the armor of God, that these different parts of the armor of God, there's nothing, that in, in my mind, there's nothing listed that covers our back. If we flee, we, we reveal our back, which, is a, which leaves an opening for the enemy. We have to face every day our trials head on. And we, we only win those trials. We only have to stand a chance with the Lord by putting on the armor and being protected. But it takes work. Um, <clears throat> later on in section 112, the Lord does make clear to uh, Brother Marsh that Joseph holds the keys. And they're not going to be taken from him until the Lord says so. And just a reminder that he is the prophet, the president of the church. Section 113 uh, is some questions about Isaiah. And, I mean, if we're being honest, this section should be like the longest. It should be about as long as the entire Doctrine and Covenants, right? <laughs> so we can ask uh, all the questions we want and get all the answers we want to Isaiah. But one thing I take from this is, look, here's Joseph. Uh, you know, he's obviously still learning. But he's, this is eight years after the Restoration. This is 18 years after the First Vision. And there's been a long um, you know, education process of the prophet at this time. And here they are, and here he is, still having questions uh, in his studies that he's asking. And that he's getting the answer to from the Spirit, from God. As we study, we shouldn't feel bad if we have questions, if we don't understand everything. If we don't, if there's something we want to understand, ask um, in a talk several years ago, President Nelson talked about uh, the power of the priesthood, and he encouraged um, us to pray to, to understand what the power of the priesthood is. And he said something along the lines of, imagine how excited your Heavenly Father would be if you went to the temple, his house, and asked him about his power. He wants us to ask questions. He wants us to learn Section 113 is, I think, highlights that again. There's, there's all these questions that facilitated the, the doctrine and covenants as we have it. But here we have the prophet and others studying the Old Testament, seeking to learn from the prophets of God, having questions and asking. Uh, finally, section 114, uh, the work of the Lord rolls on is kind of what I took from this. In verse 2, Ver verily, thus saith the Lord, that inasmuch as there are those among you who deny my name, others shall be planted in their stead and receive their bishopric. And in a sense, and in this instance, bishopric just means calling or position. 
at this time there's some serious and significant uh, rebellion and um, apostates fighting the church even within the Quorum of the Twelve. Uh, next week as we study we'll learn about uh, this this being fulfilled. Four new, I believe it's four, maybe it's only three, new members of the Quorum of the Twelve are, are called to replace these apostates. Um, and as we kick against the, the, the will of the Lord, we kick against the pricks. We do no damage but to ourself. Um, and the work of the Lord will roll on. We can either be a part of it or we can be rolled over by it. We can't stop it. And again, like I said, the only thing that we can do is, is hurt ourselves. When you think about these men in the history of the church, like and, and even in the history of, of the world, I can't name the four men who for who were replaced. I mean, I'm sure we could look it up and we could we could find it, right? But I can tell you that. <clears throat> excuse me. I can tell you two of the men who were called to replace these four men, John Taylor and Wilford Woodruff, two uh, future presidents of the church and prophets of God. And so the Lord will find those who are willing to do his work and and will allow them to assist and will bless them for their assistance. And I mean, I kind of want to end where we began, um, and that is with trials and with spiritual experiences. Moses, after he saw the face of God, was faced with a, with uh, with Satan immediately after. It's it's a pattern that that Satan tends to follow. That after we've been given great light, he wants to go and he wants to try to take that light from us. He wants us to start to doubt. He wants us to forget the things. But the other thing on the flip side of that coin, it's also a part and pattern of the Lord because what the Lord wants us to do is he wants us to choose faith. If every weekend felt like General Conference, if every day felt like General Conference, and you felt that fire every single day, life wouldn't be hard. Mortality wouldn't fulfill its purpose in proving us now herewith. If, it was, if, if we always felt the, the presence of God always right next to us and we felt that fire burning and burning and burning, it wouldn't be a choice. We would have no choice. We would just, we would see it. It's the, it's the reason there's the veil. It's why we can't remember the, our uh, pre-earth life. It's because if we did, there would be no choice. Be, we would just know. But the point here is for us to choose again. Christ in the pre-existence, Jehovah, in the pre-existence, said, here am I, send me. But, and, and he said, the, thy will be done, Father, and the glory be thine forever. Okay? Paraphrasing, but that's that's what it was happened, right? The mortal Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he suffered for our sins and afflictions and pains and temptations, said, Father, is there any other way? Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine. He chose Jehovah in the pre-existence. Christ, 
the mortal Christ all throughout his life chose again the will of the Father. Chose it. He came as a baby with, you know, into a, a normal family, a, a family that was typical Hebrew family. Wasn't wealthy in worldly means. He had no comeliness that men would look upon him to desire him. He was a regular-looking person in a regular, seemingly regular life, having to deal with even poverty and having foxes have holes, right? But the Son of Man hath not to lay his head. He didn't, you know, wandering around, nomadic. So his life wasn't easy. His life that he lived, but he chose every day, chose every day the will of the Father. And it culminated with him in the Garden of Gethsemane on the cross, choosing the will of the Father, just like he had chosen the pre-earth life. Well, here's the thing, guys. You chose the will of the Father in the pre-earth life. How do I know? Because you're here. You chose to follow. And the point of life, the point of mortality, is these trials for us to choose again in the face of them. And the Lord, he gives us these nuggets. He gives us conference. He gives us these times in our life where we feel that flame burning like we're standing right next to it. But then, there, but then sometimes the sun goes down. And it's nighttime, and who, what are you going to choose? When the sun isn't high above your head, do you remember that it still exists? Do you remember to still choose the light? And so as we leave this conference weekend and go out into our lives, there's going to be trials, spiritual and temporal. But as we choose faith, The Lord will bless us and will amplify our faith. And the next time that we feel that fire, the next time we see that sun, it's going to be even brighter until it becomes brighter and brighter until into the perfect day. When the Son of Man comes again and we see him as he is. Thanks for listening, everybody. Best of luck in your studies this week. Hope you enjoy conference and continue to enjoy it. Uh, we'll talk soon.